Hey everybody, what's up? This is your boy Sugar Ray, and you are now tuned in to the Black Men Working Podcast. Today's guest is a very, very, very special brother, Brother Cyrus Webb. He's a, he is a media mogul. He is one of my biggest inspirations. If you don't know him, you will get to know him. Follow him on social media, Cyrus Webb. Brother Webb, peace, brother. How you doing? Good morning. Hey, hello to you, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Again, thank you for um for doing the work that you do. You know, um creating a brand that is honorable, creating a brand that people can take pride in being a part of. You know, um, we are friends on social media, and um, I see your work every day, and, that's, again, it's inspiring. And what's so inspiring is not so much – I mean, it is the work that you're doing um, for yourself, but what's more inspiring is how you are helping so many people. Um, I read the comment, you know, I listen to the interviews, and you are literally just shining light on so many people who may not have had the opportunity. So, again, thank you for that. Hey, man, it's been my pleasure, man, and that's that's what makes the work fulfilling for me, man. Yes, sir. So let's get into it, man. Why media? You know, um, why media? Why 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 radio show? Why magazine? Um, why all of that stuff? How did that come about? Yeah, I um, mean, you know, for me, the journey kind of began 15 years ago. Um, I had no intention growing up of, I mean, it was never an aspiration of mine. I mean, I'm from Mississippi, and, you know, you don't necessarily, outside of Oprah and Tavis Smiley, you know, and Robin Roberts, when you think of Mississippi, you don't normally think about media. But uh, I had some things that have happened to me in my life. You know, a lot of people did not realize at the time. Uh, I began to talk through some of those things uh, online through blogging first, and uh, then I started doing motivational speaking. And in 2003, uh, I had the opportunity to actually meet um, someone who's very inspirational in my life and probably in the lives of many people, Charles Evers who's a brother of mm. Medgar Evers. He has a radio station yeah. here in Mississippi. And he asked me, had you ever thought about doing radio? And I said, no, I've never thought about it. He says, well, he says, you have a really nice voice. He said, I think you would be good at it. And I never forgot that. And he gave me my first opportunity. So it began as a platform for me to – it was supposed to be for me to spotlight myself and the work that I was doing as a speaker and that kind of thing. But my very first interview in July 2003, I realized I wasn't good about talking about myself, mm. uh, but I liked the fact of getting to know other people. And I had a caller call in who was a friend of mine named Angela Sarton, and she called in to congratulate me on the show. And something told me to ask her, well, Angela, for those who don't know you, why don't you tell them a little bit about the work that you do as an artist? And as soon as she started talking, Sugar Ray, I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing and not doing a hey. – talk show as what they wanted me to do, which was basically me giving my opinions about stuff, which I've never been good about doing that stuff, <laughs> but, um, but about spotlighting other people and letting them then come and talk about themselves. And that's how conversations yeah. began in July 2003. And, you know, we kind of grew from there. Uh, people would ask me, hey, that interview you did, you know, with, with such and such, where can I go and find that? And I said, well, you, you know, at the time, you know, we're talking 2003, podcasting wasn't a big deal at the time. I said, well, um, you know, we don't have recordings. They said, well, is there any way we can go and read it? And that's how wow. the magazine came about in 2006. Nice. So we started compiling that, um, and then that grew into a television show here on our ABC affiliate where I then began to bring the people on television for people to be able to see so they could hear them, read about them, and see them. And that's how Conversations the Brand was born. Amazing, amazing. Oh, wow. So what were some of the challenges at that point? Again, you're talking about 2003. This was 15 years ago. Right. Not a lot of people, um, I mean, and like you said, especially from Mississippi, were, you know, um, into media or into creating media. So what were some of the challenges like when you first started 15 years ago? 
you the know, radio it's, show. It's an interesting thing. You know, it's um, my biggest, you know, my biggest resistance, unfortunately, came from people who look like me. Um, I was told that there was not a niche for someone who was who had my look, who had my sound. Um, you know, me being a person, you know, being raised the way I was, I've always had a very, very vast audience. Um, I, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in a, in a neighborhood that was, you know, culturally diverse, racially diverse. Um, that then translated into where I went to school, which was very racially diverse. Um, and here in Mississippi, I was told, okay, you know, you're not you're not going to be able to, to attract the black audience. But the funny thing is, I never tried to. That was not my intention no. of doing the show. And so, even my guests were not all black. You know, you know, you know. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, for people like, hey, what is this guy doing? I was on the station again, owned by, you know, Charles Everest, who was, Everest. you know, the, the station. I mean, only is known for playing black music and having black voices. And here was this funny sounding guy who a lot of people thought I was white in the beginning when I first. Oh wow. And so, because, of course, they couldn't see me, so they're like, yeah. hey, who is this guy and, you know, what is going on? But what was so crazy was, Sugar Ray, okay, th- started the show in 2003. In 2004, a well-known publishing house, Random House, heard mm-hmm. about my show here in Mississippi. And they nice. started reaching out to me and saying, hey, we have an author that's going to be on tour, because, you know, touring was really big back then. Uh, yes. we, we, we can tell you love to read. We'd love to have this author stop by your show. And that is what got me attention outside of Mississippi. And then people in Mississippi were like, wait a minute. How's this guy getting these people? (laughs) (laughs) And so that kind of shifted things for me. So my biggest challenge was showing people who look like me that I didn't have to fit the norm in order to be successful in doing this. And that has definitely helped me 15 years later. As you know, I have a very culturally and racially diverse audience as well as guest list. And that mm-hmm. has been the key to my success. So I always tell people, you know, don't feel as though you have to do what everybody else is doing. Just because mm-hmm. you might be a black man from wherever doesn't mean necessarily. And, again, I know with your program, you know, that is, that's kind of your, your focus. But, you know, in hearing mm-hmm. your podcast, though, Sugar Ray, I, I would say this. I think there are so many people who can relate to the challenges and the, the struggles that you've been able to talk about even on your podcast. And so even though it may have a certain audience in mind, I think it can definitely reach a larger audience, and that's what my whole thing's always definitely. been. You know, I'm a black man, but I'm I'm a person who's able to talk to a lot of other people, and that that was kind of my thing, honestly. And and it's and it's an interesting thing, and I tell people, don't be surprised if people who you automatically think will support you don't. It's okay. Mm-hmm. The the important thing is to keep doing what you're doing, stay consistent at it, yes, and sir. your audience will find you. And that's that's yes, definitely what happened with me. Nice. And you know what's funny that you mentioned that? So, <clears throat> again, this podcast is specifically to highlight, you know, and to celebrate black men who are doing the work because, unfortunately, as you say, even some of our own people call us lazy. Even some of our own people, you know, black men don't work. And I'm like, yo, we're doing tons of jobs, and all right. the jobs that we're doing sometimes may not be financially beneficial, but it's work. It's spiritual work. It's, it's, it's physical work. It's emotional work, right? So we, we are doing the work. Um, and some of my biggest supporters have been people who don't look like me. Yeah. Um, and I understand that. I get that because I, I am a um, a person of love. I am a person of love and I am a person of understanding. And, and I understand that even though even I, even though I am a black man that I exist in the world, and especially in my community, um, Queensbridge, you know, Queensbridge, New York, where it's diverse, socially, racially diverse. And so it would be foolish on my part 
say, oh, I only care about black men, right, or black people. It's like, no, the world, right, we live in this world together, and in order for us to have harmony, in order for us to um, live in a better place, that we got to do the work together. It right. takes each person doing their part, right? So I want to get into something. Um, you mentioned Random House. So you are also an author. Right. And right. not only are you an author, you are a book reviewer, right? right? And you are one of the top reviewers on Amazon. How did that come about? You know, um, you writing yeah. a book, you writing well, a book, and then reviewing other's books. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's it's really funny. I mean, um, one thing I don't know if you know about me, Sugar Ray, my my radio audience found this out, which is kind of what led me to, you know, getting the attention of Charles Evans in the first place. I'm a suicide attempt survivor. So mm-hmm. grow, growing up, I had, and it's so ironic now when I tell people the story. You know, a lot of times, and which is why I think my empathy comes from in dealing with people, um, you know, I I grew up feeling as though, you know, I wasn't worthy. But the interesting thing about why I felt that way is I never thought I could live up to what other people thought I could do. But the Mm. funny thing about that now looking back at it is everything people told me I could do, I'm doing. I just didn't believe it. And so wow. I felt like it was better for me not to be here than to disappoint them because I didn't think wow. I was. So I think that's part of where my humility comes from and doing the things that I do. I never feel like, oh, well, I accomplished this or I just feel like I'm living the purpose that God had for me. So the reviewing came from, you know, I think, you know, we all have heard that saying that bad news travels faster, right? So I was <laughs> yeah. really frustrated by going to, you know, read about different, you know, books or music that was out and only seeing bad reviews. I'm like, okay, I like this. Why aren't more people talking about what they like? And then I realized Mm -hmm. even when we go into a restaurant, right, we rarely compliment someone or talk about something when it's a good experience. But when it's a bad experience, we blast it everywhere. We tell everyone, oh, don't do this, don't do that. So I I made a point in, in my life eight years ago. To, you know, when I read something I liked, when I heard something I liked, when I tried something I liked, to write a review. No, I didn't even know there was a thing as ranking, Sugar Ray. I didn't even know there was a thing. I really just wanted to share my opinions about things that I was reading, listening to, and doing. And then I started getting these messages from these companies saying, we saw your review on this. We'd like to send you this to try. And we, you know, we, we saw you this. Like and I'm like, what is it? How did they, they even fighting me? <laughs> you know, I didn't know. I did. You know, it's so funny. I didn't know what I didn't know. And yeah. honestly, I tell people, Sugar Ray, that worked in my benefit because I think if I had tried to do it, it wouldn't have worked. If I had said, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to become one of the top reviewers in the country, you know, as vain as that sounds, I don't think it would have happened because I would have went into it with the wrong motivation. My motivation yeah, was honestly just to share what my experience was. You know, that was my motivation. So that's how it happened. And now here I am eight years later, one of the top 300 reviewers in the country. And, you know, Amazon has been an amazing platform for me to stand out with my voice, but also to connect with with, uh, companies literally around the world. I have over a dozen relationships with with, uh, companies in China, New Zealand, England, um, as well as, of course, here in the United States, all because of a review. So I tell people, use the platform. Like social media, Amazon is free. If you've had an experience, if you bought something, a book, music, share that because that is building your authority in an area, and that authority can be recognized and rewarded. Nice, nice. Um I want to go back. Why? I want to ask you a very personal question. Why yeah. do you? Why did? You, why did you think 
that you were unworthy growing up to live up to the expectation? Like, where did that thought come from? Because now I actually, because I too felt that when I was younger, um, I too, um, I didn't attempt suicide, but I thought about killing myself every day for a few years. Every day I would sit in my room and cry, especially after my dad passed, and I just wanted to be with my dad, and I didn't think I could ever live up to the expectations that my family had. Um, and the promise that, you know, me and my dad made to each other, I was like, yo, I can't do it. It's too hard. I'm in the projects. You know, I got this stutter. You know, I have a dent in my head. I have gaps in my teeth. I don't look the part um, of the thing that I want to do. So I too felt that, and I'm sure many can relate. So where did that thought come from from you? You know, we might Before be brothers you. from another mother. I had a speech impediment mm-hmm. too, Sugar Ray. Wow. I uh, grew up, of course, being, you know, with four eyes. You know, I've been wearing glasses since I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, crooked teeth. From Mississippi, mm-hmm. um, you know. Then, of course, when I was able to get some, you know, some therapy from it was a, it was a white teacher helped me with my speech impediment. So, of course, I think that mm-hmm. has a lot to do with the way I talk today. So then I got you know, <laughs> then I used to get the thing about you trying to talk white, then you dress white because I you know, I didn't do the baggy thing. Uh, I was yeah. shirts tucked in, so I just felt like I was an outsider. And so, but then I was at home, and teachers were telling me. You know, you're going to be great. You, you know, my mother, my grandmother. And and I will have to shout out Betty Phelps, who's my art teacher in high school, Sugar Ray. She wrote nice. something um, in in my journal in, when I was a senior. I was 17 years old. And I still have this to this day because she saw something. And we are now friends today, even today, even on Facebook. Nice. She wrote, you are greatness in the works. Nice. When I was 17 years old. And... At 17, I couldn't accept that. I couldn't because mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't see what she saw. But now I've embraced it. I've embraced the fact that every day I'm greatness in the works. I love the yeah. fact that she said in the works because we'll in never get we'll never get there, right? I mean, yep. but it's it's an everyday process, process and it's my choice. I can choose yes. to be great, which is why a lot yes. of my messages on Facebook are about choose. I choose to yes. be this you can choose to be because you can choose to say oh i don't have this i don't have that or i'm from here i could easily say i'm from mississippi <laughs> and, <the thing laughs> that, and people would be like oh yep. i understand you know yeah but now when i have a success i proudly tell people i'm from mississippi yep. to remind nice. them just like with jesus when people said can a good thing come out of nazareth <laughs> you know Ooh. i mean you know what i'm saying i mean so that i just want people to know it's not about where you're from it's who you choose to be Nice. So talk about that a little more. Choices. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people struggle with, you know, um, depression or they struggle with anxiety and they struggle with, again, not believing right. um, that they can do something. So what is your conversation? What is your daily conversation um, in your head when you choose to wake up at 3 a.m., when you choose to, you know, um, interview this guest, when you choose to take on this new, uh, you know, um, 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 company as a um, as a sponsor or something? What is that choice? Like, what is that conversation to choose every day? to work towards your greatest purpose? Well, there are two things that I think about, Sugar Ray. One is that the creator of the universe, mm. who made the sun, the moon, the stars, you know, and this earth that, that you know, that I call home, mm. saw fit to put me here. Mm. And I, so that made me know that I'm here for a reason. And yes, so sir. every day when I wake up and I'm able to wake up, I see that as a gift. And so my whole thing is to use that gift because I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. But I Mm -hmm. just know the gift that I have right now to make sure that I'm intentional with it. So I've never done things for the money. 
I've never mm-hmm. take there are some guests I turned down that were popular or whatever, but they didn't align with my with my journey and with my beliefs. And I felt yeah. like I would be a fraud if I brought someone into my platform just because I knew it was going to get a big buzz rather than wow. something I could stand behind. And so for me, it's like I turn people down every week, you know, who say, hey, what about, no, I don't think that's a good fit. And that's what I'll say. It's not a good wow. fit for me. And that's what I right. think people have to realize, that you have, you have to make a choice. You can sell yourself out, but then you have to live with yourself after that experience is over. And so every day, every decision I make, I think about, I can live with this. I'm good with right. this. I can, I'm good with this for myself. I feel good about this for my people. And, and I'm able to move forward. And if something were to happen today, I could say, okay, you know what? I, I stand behind that decision. I'd do it again. So that's kind of what right. it is. I think when you can get to that place, you can't help but to choose happiness every day. And because the alternative is something that none of us want because that's what we hear about all the time, you know, people being sad, people being depressed, you know, being jaded, um, feeling as though they can't do something. But every day you can choose to do one thing towards your goal, and that's what I do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're right and exact. Um, thank you for that. Um, now, I'll go in another direction. You spoke about relationships in China and New Zealand. Um, is there ever, when talking to those people in other countries who may not fully understand your language or who may not fully be able to relate to your lifestyle, um, is there ever an intimidation factor? Like, do you ever feel like, whoa, this is a little too big for me? And if so, how do you approach that? Uh, every day. Every day. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that, that, and that's the truth. That's, that's the truth. Yeah. I, I, you know, especially over the past four years, I lost my grandmother, who was my biggest cheerleader yeah. four years ago, and I'm her primary uh, caregiver. And every good Bless thing that would happen to me, I'd go to her and tell her about it. And now for the past four years, I find myself more emotional because it's like this is what she saw, um, that people who I've never met who don't even speak my language would be coming to me. She saw that, you know, wow. which is one of the reasons why they called me Cyrus, the shining one. She saw yes. in me, you know, that there was going to be something great about me. And so I, you know, yeah, I mean, every time I get an email, you know, I'm I'm going to give you an exclusive actually right now um, that yeah. has not I haven't even put out there that um, this year marks the fifth year anniversary of Paul Walker, the actor from the Fast and the Furious yes. series, his death. I'm going to be interviewing yes. his brother Caleb on my program uh, to wow, talk about the about the anniversary and and also the new documentary I Am Paul Walker. Now I bring that up because I got the email from his people; they reached out to me. I didn't go mm. after them because wow. they heard about my platform. And so, wow. you know, that an email like that is humbling. When I got an email about mm. Bill Duke wanted to come on my show. That's yes, I saw that. Yes. And and for them, for them, for him to write on my Facebook page how much he enjoyed the interview and thanking me for my support, you know, I, I never feel entitled to it. Uh, when I get an email from China, as I've done this morning, um, asking me about, you know, working with them on, you know, promoting a project here in the States. I always have that sense of gratitude, and I think that's been my key. Um, for one thing, being focused, but also I think realizing that I was made for this. It wouldn't be happening right. if it wasn't meant for me. And so yes, that's, that's kind of been my thing. I've had to talk myself into that because success has been one of the scariest things for me. The work has never been scary. I, I'm, I'm a workhorse. But the success, yes, it, because it never was my goal. It never was my goal to have people around the world know who I am. It was just my goal to be my best person every day. That was my goal. 
but that has brought this other stuff to me, and accepting that has been a daily thing for me. Nice. Powerful. Um, so talk a little bit about um, some of the keys to your success. I know you mentioned focus and faith. Um, you know, what, what are some of the keys to your success um, from, from 15 years ago to now? Um, there's, there's one that stands out, consistency. And it is the death of so many entrepreneurs, creatives, and anybody who's ever said, I want to do, and that is the consistency. You cannot start off on day one and think on day five you're going to be where you want to be. And if you go into it with that mindset of, okay, I'm going to do this, but if it don't work by next month, I'm going to stop. <laughs> then it wasn't yeah, for meant real. for you to do in the first place. The consistency, mm. no, because I've had my bumps along the road. I've had relationships I've, I've forged professionally and personally that have that could have railroaded what I was doing. But having mm. the strength to be able to realize either I'm going to have to let you go um, or let this thing go and move forward, or else I'm going to be where you are 10 years you know, from now. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the daily de- decisions I've had to make. So the consistency of knowing every day, no matter what I achieved yesterday, and yesterday was a great day for me, nice. that I have to do the same thing again today <laughs> because it's a brand-new day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I laugh about with people is when I may post something online and they'll say, 15 years ago, I used to do that. But the question is, <laughs> what are you doing today? What are you that, doing that's, today? That's the question. If you were a pro football player 15 years ago and you now just sit on the couch talking about what other people aren't doing, yep. there's a disconnect there. What happened What happened to, <laughs> to who you were mm-hmm. versus what you're doing now? And I think that's the thing. Every day I wake up and repeat what I know has worked. Because I know that's the only way I can continue to get better. No, definitely. And you mentioned something that, as you said, is the death of so many entrepreneurs and creators is the lack of consistency. Um, so I know that every day you wake up and you choose to be great. Right. What are some of those or what are the conversations you have on days that you really don't feel like it, on days that you are tired or days that you are physically, you know, maybe um, under the weather and not feeling too well? How do you push yourself through that, through those, you know, I'm tired or my body hurts Oh, you know, um, what is that conversation like to actually go forward and do the work every single day? Because that is a challenge. That, that has been um, not not so much recently, but in my past, that has been one of my biggest challenges as well is um, when I don't feel like it. And I'm going to share a story with you now. Also, um, I'm proud of myself. Yesterday, um, I wasn't feeling well at all. Like, I was in bed much of the day yesterday, um, could barely open my eyes. I just had a crazy headache. And my stomach wasn't well, and it was crazy. But I had an interview yesterday with two childhood friends who own a restaurant, a seafood restaurant, about five blocks from my home. And um, I mustered up the strength, you know, to take my son to the babysitter. And I walked. I walked, to, you know, in the cold. I had chills. I was sweating. Um, but I was determined to get the interview done. And before I did it, I had a conversation. I was going to call them and tell them, can we reschedule? But then I had to think that this moment would never happen again. So, um, you know, so, so what is that conversation like for you? You know, the thing that has helped me the most on and and I, and it doesn't happen to me that often I have to be honest and you know, but I mean, the thing that helps me is that remembering this is bigger than me. Nice. And it's not just about what I can achieve, it's what I'm showing other people they can achieve. Just like you sharing that mm-hmm. story is going to help someone who doesn't feel well today to say, mm-hmm. "You know what? If Sugar Ray pushed through yesterday, I can push through whatever it is today. Because I think, you know, the the biggest lesson I've learned in my life is that tomorrow is not promised. So Definitely. even if you were to say, I reschedule, who's to say 
that you were that person will even be here to reschedule. You know what I'm saying? So um, one thing I have definitely not done is have regrets. I can honestly go to bed every night and say I did exactly what I needed to do. And I'll right. give you I'll give you a great example too of that. That is one of the biggest gifts I've been given in my professional life. One of the people I was able to interview several times and call a friend was best-selling author Jackie Collins. And nice. you know she was a fan of the show. She would publicly talk about it. She became my first New York Times best-selling author to actually advertise nice. through Conversations Live, nice. uh, showing other people you know how she felt about my platform. Well, I was invited to to meet her in 2015 uh, for the release of her book, The St. Angelo's, in New York. Now, I hadn't been in New York in 20 years before that, but when she invited me, I went. (laughs) Nice. Four months later, she was dead. And Mm. and I said to myself, if I had not gone, I never would have met her. I never would have had that picture. I never would have had the opportunity to interview her in person. I never would have had the opportunity for her to say how much she enjoyed my platform and to write in my book, so glad to finally meet you, you know, keep up the great work. Um, None of that would have happened if I had made the choice. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to New York. It's cold. (laughs) (laughs) It's cold. You You know, I mean, you know. And those are the kind of things I think about. So that's why you have to push because tomorrow's not promised, like I said, for any of us. And you don't want to say, man, I wish I had dot, dot, dot. Yep. Yep. No, that, that goes to something I just did a talk on Instagram about, about you know, um, I, you know, I say as many others say that your fear of regret should be way greater than your fear of failure. With failure, at least you know you tried, you put the work for it, and maybe it just didn't work, but you can keep going. But regret, when you're, when you're 70, 80, 90, and you're looking back on your life, and you're not where you want to be, and you didn't do all the things that you wanted to do, for whatever reason, mostly because of, you know, fear, that you don't want to, it's like, that's, that has to be one of the worst things, um, one of the worst pains in the world. Um, so I want to ask about your travel. You travel a lot. How is that, like? When, when 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 you first started traveling, being a young boy, being a young man from Mississippi, and now reaching New York and L.A. and Atlanta and all these other different cities that you visit, how was that experience? And um, do you ever get like, like like yo, like this is really happening? I'm going to tell you something funny. I don't like traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I I am really a it's I, hard I to really, tell. yeah I'm really a country homeboy. I have to – that's another thing. Again, it's a choice because I realize yeah. my audience likes to see me. Uh, yeah. If it was up to me, I'd just do radio, and that's just the truth. Um, Got I was it. having this conversation just yesterday with someone, and I told them. They were like, oh, it's so good. I said, well, you know what? And that's when I realized it's bigger than me. It's not about what mm-hmm. Cyrus wants. You know, my mm-hmm. people who support me, they want to see me. Even some of my guests, it surprised me. Some of these celebrities, I'm so excited to meet them, but they're excited to meet me. You know, wow. um, and so that that's kind of weird to me. So, yeah, I do have those moments every city, <laughs> you know, because it's like, <laughs> for one thing, I was like, okay, if I had my choice, I wouldn't be here. But I realize, <laughs> I realize it's a twofold thing. My audience gets to feel like they're a part of this experience with me by seeing it. And then the people, I'm forging an even deeper relationship and bond with them, you know, who I've yes, been able sir. to interview and that kind of thing. Like when I interviewed you, you know, you and I yes, have never sir. had – we had never even talked on the phone before. Never. Before we met, you know? And <laughs> nope. here we are meeting in New York, just like. And it's you know, let me tell you the scary thing about this, though, for me. The reason I know this is a God thing in my past. Every city I go into, it feels like home when I step in. Right. I make it my own. 
And right. I think that is where the not the confidence so much, but the appreciation for it comes in. I, I think about the Israelites where they were told, you know, everywhere you walk, that would be your territory. Yeah. I really walk into each city, and it becomes my. I don't feel like I'm visiting. I feel like this is my right. place. And so I try to make that the same thing my guest feels when they come in because it can be awkward meeting someone for the first time, right? I mean, but Definitely. you know, I, yeah. But I try to to bring that like, hey, you're you're coming to my house. You're welcome. Come on in. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's the that's what I think has helped me over the years. And again, I think all of that comes from what we said earlier. Realizing it's bigger than me. This is not just yes, about sir. Cyrus, even though the show has my name in it. This really mm-hmm. is about the person and the individual watching it. Nice. Nice. Um, what's your favorite city and why? You know, this is going to be crazy. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, my, the city that I get the most response from, Sugar Ray, is Los Angeles. My favorite okay. city is New York. A lot of people don't know. I lived in New York for a couple of years right out of high school. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And so, you know, I moved, I had moved to New York, loved the city, loved the energy. I walk fast, so it definitely fits my yes, <laughs> You know, I love walking so that I love the energy of that, you know. Um that and I tell I tell my family, it's funny you would ask that question because I tell my family when I decide to leave Mississippi to move, New York would be where I would go back to. Um Los wow. Angeles has been an interesting place for me because business wise that's where I'm flourishing, especially going into 2019. A lot of my ventures will take place in Los Angeles. But I will still nice. visit, you know, New York at least twice a year. Um, that's just always going to be the place I, I really enjoy coming to. Nice. Um, what city that you visited has surprised you the most? Like going to a city, um, and whether it's the food, whether it was the service, whether it was, you know, crappy and you thought it was going to be good or it was good and you thought it would be crappy, what city has surprised you the most? You know, I Los Angeles, but all all for good reasons. I, you know, going west coast because I'd always just done, you know, the south and then going up into Atlanta, and New York. Um, I had never gone west coast until really two years ago. I was invited to cover mm-hmm. the the Grammys in 2016, mm-hmm. and very scary experience because it just seemed like a totally different world for me. But again, it felt like it became home. You know, I got there. So that was a surprise for me that it was like, wait a minute. I mean, we have to go 30 minutes, you know, to get to the next place. That's like in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) It takes me 30 minutes to get to, you know. So, I mean, it's so ironic to me how much that felt like home in that respect. So, yeah, that was a big surprise because what what we always see with Los Angeles was not what I – now, I experienced some of that, what we see. But I also got to see the normacy of it, you know, and so I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I this feels like, this really feels like, reminds me of Mississippi in a lot of ways, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, I would have to say Los Angeles. Nice, nice. Um, now, I want to go back a little bit real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, being a black man, owner of a magazine, of yeah. a radio show, um, and a TV show, how is the response or is there any pushback from, um, or, is there, or is there any surprise when you walk in the room and you say, you know, I own this thing, like this media company is mine? What is the pushback, I guess, from people who don't look like you? You know what? I've never experienced it. Nice. Um, and that's uh, – and that's I'm, I'm a 43-year-old guy. Um, you know, it's yeah, – I've never experienced it. And, and, that, and that seems weird. And that's why I tell people you, you never know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I – you know, when when – I'm talking to someone, and I don't know what it is, but they can pick up on something, right? 
And so then when they ask, what do you do? And I tell them there, I have not really had any, any amazed surprise. They'd be like, Oh wow, really? You know, maybe I'll get that. Um, but then it's never been a like, wow, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's never been that type of a thing. I, I, ironically, Sugar Ray, I get that more from people who look like me when I tell them, you know, that, wow. like, oh, wow, you know, and, and I, but I, let me say why I think that is. And I've had to change my opinion about this. I think a lot of times we, what we call crab in the bear mentality or hating is really just a disbelief that it's possible for someone like us. I I, I, re- I really believe that. And, and the reason I say this is because I meet people who will say, oh, a black man can't do that, or you can't do mm. that from here. And then I say, wait a minute, that's exactly what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, and so then it's like, oh, wait a minute, okay, maybe I just haven't been around people mm-hmm. who either are doing it or believe it's possible. And I think that's why association is so important. I have a very small circle, Sugar Ray, very small mm-hmm circle <laughs> you know and that has really helped me too because you know even online if i see someone bringing a lot of darkness in you know that's a quote-unquote friend of mine on facebook i unfollow them yeah, and, and, and because it, it's I, I have to protect my peace and yep. we are who we hang around right so yep. if i allow that just to be there and just say oh well, that's just who that person is then i'm basically you know giving them the okay just stay that yep. way you know, You're in agreement um, with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've made it very purposeful for myself to be very, very aware of not only who I'm around physically, but also who I'm associating around online, too. Because if I see things that are like, you know, and that's why I tell people you have to be very careful not to just go through pages and liking things. And, and I mean, if I liked something or shared something, I actually read it and agree yep. with it. Um, because, and you have to, again, because you, these days you need to know what you're liking and <laughs> you know, <laughs> Definitely. putting your, putting your stamp on because someone will say, hey, you like that? You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so you have to be so careful of that. So that's been my biggest thing when it comes to the pushback situation is reminding people of maybe it's not what you thought was possible, but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it can't be possible. Definitely. Um, so what has been the most rewarding or um, what moment can you pinpoint was, you know, um, when you say, yo, listen, this is happening, mm-hmm. I'm doing this, and this is where I'm going. Like, what was that moment, or what was the most gratifying moment um, in your 15-year journey? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing has been accepting it. You know, I, again, when I started this show 15 years ago, I'll go back to the radio show 15 years ago, I had no intention of it being heard outside of Mississippi. I mm. really didn't. I didn't even know. To, to show you how green and ignorant I was at the time, I didn't even know the show was being streamed online. I oh, even, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, you know, I was just – I thought I was just talking to this audience, I mean, and it was a pretty big – I mean, I'm I'm reaching, you know, over 250,000 households. You know what I'm saying? So nice. – I, but I really nice. was just focused on that but didn't realize. So when I heard from people like Random House and outside, you know, people from – and I'm like, well, how are you even finding me? <laughs> You know, uh, but they were listening online. See, again, that just shows you how, you know, again, I didn't know what I didn't know. But I think, you know, that moment of realizing that everything that I say and do has the potential to impact the world, that's a humbling thing. And that that was the biggest thing for me. That was the biggest epiphany for me, which is why now I'm so mindful of what I say and also what I do. Because it's bigger than just 
the area that I'm in. It has a potential. We know that's why things go viral, right, for good or bad, mm-hmm. because yep. it's so much bigger than that moment. And that's what yep. I try to remember each and like this conversation we're having right now. We're mm-hmm. having this conversation, the two of us, but who knows who in the world needs yep. to hear exactly what we're talking about, right? And Definitely. if we find this a month from now, a year from now, and yep. say, wow, that's exactly what I'm going through. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And I think realizing that, that we have that type of potential and power, that has been one of the biggest things for me. Powerful. Um, so where is Conversations in the next 5, 10, 15 years? What do you see? I know you're working on a lot. I know a lot is happening. Um, right. There's some stuff, obviously, that I don't know that's happening, but from what you post online. Yeah. Um, but where what's, what's, where's Conversations at in five years? Well, um, 2019 is going to be, and it's no exaggeration to say, probably the biggest year conversations we'll have in the past decade. And the reason being, wow. um, we are now turning into a full-fledged media group. Um, wow. we, of course, we have the radio, we have the TV, we have the magazine. Um, I now contribute, um, you probably saw me post to, you know, a, a Los Angeles publication, the Hollywood Digest. Um, yes. We're, we're now Congratulations really, on that. Thank you. Um, I also have a news program that I do Monday through Friday, so we're going to be really building nice. on the Conversations platform. Um, a lot more visual aspects of it, which I'm, I'm not nice. as excited about personally. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the reality of what we're going to be doing. Um, and, and I will say this too, social media, and, and I hope our audience gets this, and you, you definitely get this, Sugar and I've seen it in the work you do on Facebook and Instagram in particular. People need to realize the power they have at their fingertips. Yeah. You know, because it, I would not be where I am today if it was not for Facebook and Twitter. Yes, and that's sir. just the truth. My biggest interviews in the past 10 years have come from Twitter. Wow. The biggest companies that are working with me have come through Facebook. And wow. that should really allow people to know it's more about what you're wearing to work and what you're eating. This has a potential mm-hmm. of changing your business, and that's exactly yes, what's sir. happened to me. And And I think when you realize that power that you have there – I think you'll be very conscious of what you're posting because it's not only going to be an introduction, it's also a resume for a lot of yes, people. Yes, sir. And so you did, people can tell a lot about you through your feed. And so yep. that that's one thing. We're definitely going to be really big on video moving into 2019. So nice. I'm really excited. Um, there's a lot of traveling. No surprise there. Nice. <laughs> we go next nope, year no too. surprise there. Um, yep. We already have six trips planned to Los Angeles for next year. I'm making my first Amazing. international trip uh, to Dubai next year. I'm doing it. Yes, be yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, so there's, there's going to be – we're really ramping it up. We're, we're ramping things up. Uh, we're going to start a Day in the Life series to kind of take you through what nice. my day is like. Uh, we're going to be nice. rolling that out in April um, nice. to kind of show people what it's like, you know, to, you know, to kind of do to what be I immediate. do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, so I'm I'm excited about it. It's it's scary to me, um, but that's also what makes it fun, you know. Why is it scary? Um, because it is anything new uh, when you don't know what can happen. Um, mm. It can be scary, you know. But, Definitely. But the key is we're still doing it, you know. And I think that's what yes, I want sir. people to know. Just because it's scary doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Because I Definitely. won't know what the outcome will be until we do it. No, definitely, definitely. 
um, any advice, any words of encouragement, words of empowerment for um, another young black man or, you know, a middle-aged black man who may yeah. want to get into media? Oh, yeah. You know what? Use what you have. One of the things that I, I have done that flies in the face of conventional wisdom, Sugar Ray, is I did not go out and buy these expensive headsets and microphones. You know, I went on Amazon. I bought a $20 microphone that I have now used to do voiceover work, uh, to you know, to narrate documentaries. I use the same $20 mic, and no one knows nice. that it might cost $20. It sounds good. You know what I'm I'm not this yeah. guy that says, oh, you have to have this $300 disc or this. I use a $250 laptop that's missing letters on it. Um, that's what it's got. <laughs> you know, I mean, but, you know, I tell, you know, so don't think you have to wait until you get this thing or that thing. You use, if you have a phone, you have the key to be the person you want to be and to reach the people you want to be. It's just that simple. If you have a phone these days, you have everything mm-hmm. you need to just get started. So just start. That's it. Just start. Don't nice. feel as though you have to wait till you get to a certain place. Show us how you get there. And that's what people have yes. been able to see with me. They've been able to see here I was in 2003 driving 40 minutes to the radio station for a weekly show. Now mm-hmm. I'm on the air six days a week. I'm able to do everything normally virtually. Um, you know, and still reach the audiences I reach and that kind of thing and, and expand my brand. Now, you know, I didn't start off this way. I started mm-hmm. off with just the basics, and that's what I encourage everyone to do. Start with the basics. Start where you are. No, nice. That's powerful. Um, now, real quick, social media. Mm-hmm. So me personally, um, maybe 12 years ago, maybe 2010 years ago, 2007, 2008, 2009, I was creating, like, loads of content on Twitter and MySpace and YouTube. Um, I think I did, like, 200 YouTube videos in a year, and I had, like, 200 subscribers. But I stopped. I stopped because um, it wasn't bringing in money, right? And the people around me, family, would say, you need to do something different. Like, you know, you need to make some money. You're a young man. Um, and I stopped. And that is one regret. Right now, again, I'm, I'm getting back on top of it. But when I look at the world now, the people that are winning, the people that are winning on the highest levels, they're doing it because of social media. They're doing oh, yeah. it because of their phone, LinkedIn and Snapchat and my, I mean, well, not MySpace anymore, but Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, so, though, so everything you said was absolutely correct. Like, like right now, like we're doing this podcast. Um, I'm interviewing you right through Google Voice. I'm going to upload it to my to the um, podcast app Anchor, and it's going to stream. Right. Um, and so like, you know, like you said, start, start where, start where you are, start with what you have, um, and just do the work every day. Um, brother, thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Um, any last words you want to leave with our guests? You know, just the main thing is to never let anyone tell you what's not possible. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm very fortunate in my life that, you know, even though I had people saying, you can't do this or, you know, that's not going to work. I had more people telling me, yes, you can. Focus mm-hmm. on the yes, you can. But the yes, you can has to start with you. Because nice. people around you can tell you every day what's possible, but until you believe it for yourself, which is what you know drove me to trying to commit suicide, until I believed mm-hmm. it for myself, nothing changed. So when you can, if you can look at yourself and say, I can do this. I was made for this. That's really the switch you need to turn on, and from there, nothing is impossible. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Brother Cyrus Webb, nothing is, nothing is impossible. Cyrus Webb is the founder and owner of Conversations, Conversations Live. Cyrus Webb presents. 
radio show, magazine, TV show, 2019. He's doing it even bigger than he's done it. Um, thank you for your work, brother. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for the time for this interview. And we look forward to catching up with you again in 2019 after you come back from Dubai. We want to hear about that trip. <laughs> All right, man. And people, Peace, can, and people can definitely find me at Cyrus Yes, how can they find you? Yes, yeah, CyrusWeb.com is the hub for everything. So you can go to the magazine, the radio show. Um, everything is right there at CyrusWeb.com. And it's just my name, C-Y-R-U-S-W-E-B-B.com. And there, of course, you can also find uh, my books. I have a new book coming out in 2019 that I'm excited nice. about as well. So a lot of great things, but CyrusWeb.com is the main place. Nice. Thank you, brother, man. We look forward to talking to you soon. Peace. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.